Hey, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your co-hosts, Howard Jacobson. Before we get to today's episode, a question. Would you like to become a wicked effective health coach to help people change their behaviors, change their habits, change their health destinies, and to be able to do it through a reliable process, one that works every time? If so, I'd invite you to check out the WellStart Health Coach Training Academy. And you can find it at wellstartcoach.com. And you can check and see when we're running our next training course. All right, let's get to today's topic. Hey, everybody, welcome to the Health Coaches Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Kevin Davis. And I'm one of your hosts, Howard Jacobson. How's it going? Uh, Apparently, it is going now. It sounds like so we've had a few attempts at this due to Internet issues. Um, So I do want to apologize to anybody who's hearing any background noise. I had to move into a room that does not allow me to avoid a uh, 16 month old walking around going blitter, 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 blitter. And yeah. All right. Well, a future podcast host, clearly. Yes. So so let's let's get it done before uh, before any meltdowns occur. Um, So today I wanted to talk about guilt um, and specifically how to work with guilt uh, as a coach. So I'll I'll throw it to you first. Uh, When you were working with, you know, anxiety people, was there any guilt that uh, came up that helped that got in the way? Like, was that a common feature? Yeah, guilt really, uh, I mean, you know, not only with people that I've worked with, with myself, um, you know, when things, especially with anxiety like that, you know, to the degree that that I had it and that a lot of my clients had it where it had impacted different aspects of your life, then you end up building up this guilt about, oh, if I had somehow avoided this or done this better or had not been so anxious, I wouldn't have had certain impacts on my life, my family, my friends, things like that. Mm. Um, right. So there's one form of guilt that someone brings with them, like a a poorly aligned, you know, rolling luggage that they're going to bring yeah. with them to the coach because now they're right. They, they might not bring it to the doctor, but when they go to a coach, they know that it's in their hands. And so right. the discovery that I could be doing things differently very often is accompanied by I could have been doing things differently and I didn't. And especially yeah. if other people's lives are impacted. Like I'm thinking about when parents discover that their parenting styles could have caused their child's ADHD, for example. Like there's a right. tremendous guilt that can come from that. So what, what do you do when someone comes to you and you can sense that they're carrying this, uh, this lopsided roller bag full of guilt? Yeah, so one kind of broad um, you know, approach to this is something that just always comes to my mind around guilt is that I see guilt kind of as actually a form of anxiety around past events. Mm. And so to me, being able to be, you know, use mindfulness, use, use um, some of those skills and techniques, which is obviously something that I commonly would teach or, or talk about with clients in, in that sense, especially because if you are in the moment, if you're if you're able to stay present here and now, then you're not going to spend as much time thinking back to the past to some guilt over, 
you know, like you said, if it was something with your parent style or like I mentioned, you know, um, uh, you know, my anxiety causing certain things uh, or changing certain aspects of life. So, you know, sitting there and worrying about, oh, God, could I have done that differently or what could I have changed in the past doesn't change the past. Um, and so, my, you know, my idea with that is if there are these things that you're worrying or feeling guilty about, let's take, you know, because there can be some value in learning from those things. So let's take a moment in time, whether it's, you know, give yourself 10 minutes every evening to sit down and think about the things that could have been done differently, but literally to just put things on a shelf and then take them down at the ascribed time mm. to purposefully look at them. Right. So at a cognitive level, like one thing I learned from Peter Bregman is when he's talking with people about he's he coaches, let's say he's he's uh, coaching or consulting with a team leader or a CEO who ha is facing the problem of how do you help some someone learn from their mistakes, which is essentially what we're talking about here. And the, the, the way people do it, you know, the way that people do it, the worst way is what were you thinking? <laughs> Right. So now they're going to recreate what they were thinking and reinforce it. Right. And feel guilty and shamed. Right. Yeah, but the extra way, shame. Yeah. So the way most um, you know, or people are taught to do it is um, sort of what it, what did you what did you learn from that experience? Um, or, you know, like something something like that. But so they're still going back into the past. Peter's insight was you say if when you face a similar experience in the future, what will you do differently? And so that way it answers that question, but it faces them forward. And it's hard to have guilt about the future. It's much easier to have guilt about the past. Yeah, I love that way of framing it. I mean, that's that's fantastic because you're taking really the same concept, the same approach of learning from it, but yet just just phrasing it just ever so slightly differently that way makes mm -hmm. all the difference. Yeah. And because as coaches, what we want to do is get our people to stop thinking about the past and to focus on the future. And so there's always this danger when we're, we're debriefing them about their week or their month that they are going to go into story about the past. All right. So this is a way to obviate all that and get them thinking about the next time, which is all we really care about. Right. Because as you said, the past is immutable. Yeah. Well, and even in a sense, we we want to bring it to, again, an opportunity to spend a few moments planning for and being prepared for the next time. But really with the, you know, the real purpose to be focusing on right now, what is the thing that's in front of me right now? Right, right. Which is another. So it's another use of guilt. It just mm -hmm. becomes another one of those emotions that drives us to do the bad behaviors. Right. So it's the, um, you know, I feel guilty about something. So I assuage that unpleasant feeling, that uncomfortableness with food or alcohol or whatever my addiction of choice is to right, to anesthetize or to make myself high so that I, 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 you know, create noise so I don't get to feel the guilt. So in that way, guilt is simply another Way in another thing to be curious about, right? Like, where is where do you feel the guilt when you feel the guilt? What does it feel like in your body? Can you breathe into it, notice it, pay attention to it, tolerate it, accept it? Um, and 
at that point, very often the physical sensations subside and then people are like, OK, I feel better. Right. You know, the great thing about being able to take that sort of power from the guilt is something else that I had had kind of written down that I wanted to bring up. Just this idea that, you know, if you're if you're in that guilt or any heavy emotion, it's so much more difficult to make the the positive choices in this moment right now because you're distracted. Your energy is focused elsewhere and decision making is hard enough on its own. <laughs> So. Right. So I want to talk a little bit about like the what guilt is for and how it arises physiologically, because I think that'll help explain that phenomenon. And so like if you think about like the and I'm going to sort of lump guilt and shame together a little bit. And I know there's, you know, psychologists and purists out there who are going to want to separate it. But from my perspective, they operate more or less the same in this context, even though they may have different flavors. Right. So it's maybe like, you know, square triscuits and diamond shaped triscuits or tri checks, <laughs> diamond checks and, and uh, square checks. So guilt comes from um, our earliest memories as as infants. So, you know, you've got a 16 month old there. He can walk. Right. Yep. Which means he, which means he can, you know, he can run, which means he can get into trouble. Right. So I presume, I'm sure knowing you that you have, you know, baby proofed your house. Yes. Right? <laughs> and there are times when you can't baby proof the whole world. You sort of got to keep an eye on Baylor and make sure he doesn't get into trouble. And if you see him sort of running for something that could be dangerous. Right. And you like. You know, you you want to be a loving, kind parent. You want to have reasoned discussions to not raise your voice. And if you see him like running towards a lawnmower or something, <laughs> you're going to shout out. You're going to say, Bear, stop. No. Right. And he's going to freeze. The tone of your voice is going to create a guilt response. And guilt is a survival mechanism. It's inhibitory of action. Right. It causes a freeze response and it ingrains a very powerful emotional memory of don't do that again. Right. So that after you do it a couple of times, the infant, the baby, the toddler, the child learns not to repeat that behavior. So it's an efficient way of keeping babies alive. Um, and so if all we if all we did as parents was make our kids feel guilty for times that they were going to harm themselves or others, then we wouldn't really have a problem with guilt. Right? The trouble is, most of us are imperfect parents and we have been imperfectly parented. And so we're also guilting our children when we overreact to their self-expression, to their exuberance to their anything that, you know, th them expressing their needs. Right. I'm sure Baylor has not learned how to inhibit his self-expression. Right. We work all yeah. the time with adults who can't take care of themselves and don't know how they're feeling in their bodies and ignore symptoms and ignore s signals that things aren't going right. I'd be willing to bet that Baylor can't do any of that worth shit. No, not great at it. <laughs> <laughs> so when so and no baby 
can can be like, well, you know what? Daddy's been working hard lately and mommy looks a little stressed out and there's covid. And I think I'm just going to give him a break today and put my needs second. Right. All the time. <laughs> so what if with the baby is being the baby, Baylor is being Baylor and you just can't take it? You've had such a hard day. You've got a headache. You're worried about something. Your mother in law can't come and watch the baby. You're stressed out. We had to change our time today from from noon. You're worried about stuff. And yeah. Baylor comes in with like swinging pots and pans and he wants you to play like and you're like, Baylor, just stop. Yeah. Right. And you just sort of blurt it out. And now mm -hmm. he has learned to feel guilty about expressing his needs about expressing his desires, about expressing his being. And so yeah. there's something called implicit memory, which is we remember things in our bodies that we don't remember with our minds because our minds weren't fully formed at the time. Yeah. So when we have guilt as adults, we often don't distinguish between guilt for bad behavior. Like I do things that I feel guilty about. I'm sometimes an asshole. Um, people, sometimes. Would people would argue about sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes I'm not an asshole. <laughs> I would I would say I'm somewhere on the continuum between zero and 100. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it to others to to assess the true number. <laughs> but but uh, there are things for which I feel guilty in my life right now, like I'll do something and I'll be like, oh, that wasn't cool. And there are also things that I feel guilty for that are simply implicit memory of times when I was disciplined poorly for trying to express myself. And we see this all the time in our clients who can't prioritize self-care or they can't say they can't talk to people about what they need or what they want. And they're very shy and diffident and like, oh, you I'll take care of you first. Right. They'd rather do all the laundry than sit for 10 minutes and meditate or go for a walk. Right. And that is driven by this guilt, which is triggered in the present to an implicit memory that they have no memory of. Hmm. Oh, got thoughts. <laughs> All right, it's got me thinking. No, uh -huh. the, um, something that that kind of came up for me though in there is is when you talked about the um, sort of the development of those implicit memories and how we, you know, now you use me in that example as the parent, you know, doing the <laughs> the guilting. Uh -huh. <laughs> um. But what's interesting that sort of relates on that side, but actually works in here is, you know, we talked about the mindfulness and staying present. And I've noticed that that makes it easier for me to not have those quick responses like that. Mm. They happen, but they don't happen. There's times when I feel like previous me would have done that <laughs> and I don't. <laughs> Yeah. See, you, you're 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 in a better position than I am because I had my kids, you know, 24 and 20 years ago when I was far higher on the asshole scale. Yeah. 
Uh, I, I waited until that had sloped down a little bit. <laughs> very, very clever. Um, yeah. So when, when as adults, when we are triggered by our own guilt, then we shout at the kid. We know we're not supposed to do that. Yeah. And then it becomes a self perpetuate. We feel bad for having done it. And that separates us even more. Like if you scream at your kid and then you go to them and make eye contact and smile and you repair the relationship, there's really no harm done. Like we if we, right. we, we aren't that fragile as a species that we're going to be psychologically destroyed by being told not to run in the street. Right. <laughs> But if we follow that with like, I'm shaking with rage, how could you do that? Let's say someone else was watching and now I feel like they're judging me as a bad parent and all mm. this extra stuff is going on. I can keep averting eye contact with my infant. I can keep punishing them in their mind. Right. Children are babies are narcissistic. Everything's about them. Whatever I'm doing is caused by them. And so, like, I think it's a really important reason for us to get to the roots of the guilt and learn how to deal with it to with so we don't have to act it out. So now when you're talking to a client, I mean, you know, how do you help them to work around this without doing a therapy session and diving deep into where their guilt mm -hmm. comes from? Right. Well, so as coaches, we don't really care where it comes from. Right. We're not we're not. It doesn't matter because they can't remember anyway. So it's not like we're going to have some, you know, psycho psychotherapy movie breakthrough and the person's going to have finally have the flashback and understand everything. <laughs> right. That, like, it may have worked for Freud. He certainly wrote like it did, but it doesn't really work for most people like to understand the to understand that you are having a normal response. Like when you talk about your uh, PTSD and when you discovered that your body was actually performing normally in response to the accident, like that takes some pressure off. But it did that insight didn't solve your problem. No, right. It just gave you the courage to solve your problem. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we don't need to go back in time. What we need to, to teach people to do is the same thing we teach people to do about every physical sensation and emotion complex, which is to learn how to be with it, to learn how to breathe with it, because if, if you like, there's no problem with feeling guilt. The problem is when we resist the guilt. Right. So if you feel guilt, one of two things you check, you know, you check things out like it's like touching the hot stove. Guilt and shame can make you stop doing something you shouldn't be doing. It can be very useful. And the key there is to change direction. You don't keep your hand on the hot stove and go, oh, it hurts. It hurts so much. I can't believe how much it hurts. I last year I had my hand on the hot stove and it hurt, too. I'm so stupid. What am I doing? Just take your hand off the heffin hot stove. Right. So using like having a a healthy relationship to the guilt to say, ah, oh, information. Is it information worth paying attention to or not? Right. It's like you're walking and somebody says, hey, you got toilet paper on your shoe and you look down and there's no toilet paper and you realize they were talking to the person next to you. Say, so, OK. Or you realize, no, it is my shoe. You go, cool. Thank you. Right. So guilt is giving you information. And as an adult, you get to decide uh, who whether it's worth listening to or not. Yeah, I'd take the toilet paper off, too. 
Hmm. <laughs> in that case, you said cool, thank you, but you didn't take the toilet paper off. So. <laughs> right. Okay. <laughs> well, I would need a coach for that. Ah. Well, see, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah. We, I'm not. We're not putting ourselves out of business here. You know, if you have toilet paper on your shoe, <laughs> I, I offer uh, personal grooming coaching at a very reasonable rate. Perfect. Um, so that's you know that. So I see that as kind of a blessing of guilt. The guilt arises, and as mature, individuated human beings, we get to decide what it means and whether to do something about it. Yeah. Um, the second thing is, is like suppose it's it's not you know it's not the toilet paper on our shoe. Suppose it's about I feel like expressing myself. I feel like asserting my own needs, and I immediately feel guilty because I'm going to let other people down. So the good news is every time you feel that guilt, you realize that you've had a desire to assert yourself. Right. Like that's actually a sign of progress. And and so instead of being like, oh, my God, I feel guilty again, I shouldn't feel guilty. Right. Which is yeah. ironic. <laughs> Right? Like, I feel so guilty for feeling guilty. I feel so foolish <laughs> for feeling guilty for feeling guilty. Right. At any point along that, right, I could do that for hours. Right. But any point along that recursive path to, to inner hell, I get to say, ah, look, look what's happening. Right. I, ah, I'm going to I'm going to tolerate and accept what is happening for me right now, including the guilt. And then I can I can be clear headed and say, ah, oh, this guilt is a sign of progress. It's a sign of me finally stepping up to take care of myself. Cool. Right. Um, I love that way of putting it as, you know, just looking at it as a sign of that progress, because that's an area where many of the people that we work with, including ourselves, yeah. <laughs> struggle. Right. So. Um, you know, if you see that as, okay, now I've made some progress in this area and start to look at the fact that this is maybe something that you want to assert yourself about and you can then really sit back and decide, is this the time to assert myself and, you know, make those informed decisions. Right. And so it's, it. and, and we can begin to extinguish it, but the, the, the key to extinguishing these spasms of guilt is to, is to not try to extinguish them, right, is to is to simply right because if the signal it's like, you know, the boy who cried wolf is after after this, the, the boy, you know, the inside that cries guilt a few times and we recognize, oh, no need to feel guilty, like the circuitry just starts to atrophy a little bit on its own. Um, but, you know, it, but it's not even necessary to do so. It's like if you have a, um, you know, we have we have a, a really old uh, clothes dryer from literally 1993. So it's actually, you know, <laughs> older than my children, <laughs> 27 years old. And it's not doing great, I will say, you know, it's, it's probably time to replace it. <laughs> and at the end of a cycle, it buzzes. Right now, the new ones I've been looking online, consumer reports and stuff. The new ones have sensors that can actually tell when the wash is done. This one works solely on a timer and it buzzes when the time is up. 
So, so I go and I hear the buzzer and I just open it up, feel one thing, close it and pick the hit the, and turn the timer again and turn it back on. Right. So the fact that, that it buzzes doesn't have to bother me. Right. It's like the problem would be is every time it buzzed, I took the wash out and folded it and put it away. And then, like, you know, the next morning it would be stinking. Right. No assessment of what's actually going on here. Right. Just uh, so. So guilt is an opportunity to practice individuation. It's a wonderful skill to say what's really going on for me. Am I in conflict with my values, which is what guilt ultimately should be? Or am I in conflict with uh, with my or, you know, am I am I in conflict with what's good with what's actually good for me and repressing that? So but again, the, uh, the, the the ultimate cure, the ultimate treatment here is to guide our clients to sit with it in the moment. Right now, if it becomes debilitating, if some people can have guilt that becomes so debilitating, that's so locked into the nervous system that we do want to refer them out for, you know, neurofeedback or psychotherapy or somatic therapy. Uh, but, you know, the, and, and we'll we'll find that out because they will not be able to follow our instruction to kind of go into the body or it will become so intolerable for them that they're going to uh, bail. And at that point, right, if we don't have our tools available to us, then we want to get them to a professional who can help them learn to titrate and tolerate so that they can work with us if they choose to again. But if they can sit and feel the feeling and work through it, um, I see that as present focused and future focused, not past focused. Yeah, well, that's kind of just like any sort of thought process that comes into your head, you know, those those thoughts and those feelings have only as much power as we give to them. So when that thought comes up of guilt, if you can just sit with it and take a few breaths and be okay that it's there. And Howard, like you said, to to learn from it and look at what what it might be there for, it's not going to have that power over you. It may have enough power to inform you. But if you if all you do is just to focus on that guilt and, and the shame that comes along with it and those feelings, then all you're doing is feeding that power. And you also give it more power when you try to struggle against it and try try to say, no, I can't feel that I shouldn't feel that you're just adding to it. Right. Right. Because then your guilt is still controlling you. It's just controlling you in the opposite direction. Yes. So. Cool. I think I think that's a wrap. I think uh, I, I want to um, applaud whatever Internet you found. <laughs> so, 2G all the way. 2G. So, so it was the, the neighbors. So don't feel guilty. Yeah. yeah. Stealing. Yeah. Uh, it's, you know, you got to move to a different room. So I moved over here to hang out next to the clown. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> cool. So. Um, what do we want to tell people to do? Anything? Uh, oh man! All those we things. We get to tell people what to do. 
Uh, well, tell, tell them <laughs> so what, much power now. Yeah, tell them what uh, they should feel guilty if they don't do, right? Like, uh, yes, you should comment. feel super guilty. <laughs> uh, no, you don't have to feel guilty. Well, you know, if you do a little bit, that's fine. Um, we would love for you to uh, share this, you know, tell a friend. If you know someone else who is a coach or who wants to become a coach or who just would benefit from these skills in whatever profession they are already doing, uh, share it with them or share it with 10 of them. Uh, also, you you can email us. We've got the email is healthcoachespodcast at gmail.com. To send us any questions, comments, uh, tell us how wrong we are, whatever you've got. Uh, we'd also love to have any any reviews or five star ratings, especially. You know, those good ones are great on iTunes and Stitcher and all those places, just to help us to get this word out to more people. Right on, and um, I think we're we're going to be doing another uh, health coaches training in the fall. Right, sounds like yes. probably October. Give give us a, a little time to rest after this cohort ends. Somewhere somewhere that range. So if you're interested, you yep. go to uh, wellstartcoach.com. Is that right? And That's the one. People can just get, sign up for the, for the notification list, and we'll let you know when we're opening enrollment, and uh, we can talk about whether it's a good fit. Well, and I was going to say, if you go there right now, we don't have a date set for, the, for the, when the next group starts. So there's like a countdown timer on there somewhere that's not going to – it's oh. going to say, like, we started last month or something. Uh, okay. <laughs> it <laughs> updates whenever we decide the new date. So uh, ignore that thing and just go ahead. And it, you know, you'll have the opportunity to enter your email and, and be put onto the list so that we can let you know. Great. It sounds like my dryer, a, a fictional timer. Yes. Yes, cool. exactly. The buzzer went off last month, but we're still letting it dry. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. All right, man. Well, thanks a lot. Good talking to you. Everybody, thanks for listening. All right. Bye. I hope you found that helpful. So if you'd like to become a health coach, or maybe you already are a health coach and you'd like some additional training and more skills, or perhaps you're a health professional, a doctor, nurse, dietitian, etc., who would like to be able to influence your patients more effectively, again, check it out, wellstartcoach.com. All right, have a great day.